24 hours a day, 7 days a week. A new way of radio and the beginning of a new talent. MoncoRadio.com, where music and minds meet. Welcome everybody to Damage Radio. We're heard here live on MonkerRadio.com where music and minds meet. You know me, I'm RC, alongside Matt, the Ooh. Ultimate Kiss fan, Porter. And Porter, what a lovely Wednesday back in the house. It's summer. It's uh, The weather's kind of clearing up out there. And um, we got two fantastic guests in the building. First off, from Easton, Pennsylvania, owner and CEO of KH uh, Promotions, Ken Hoover's in the house. He has, a, he has a good story to tell, guys. And also, welcome back. ECW original, damage original. He's been in battles with the Wolfman, Jimmy Gennetti, uh Snooka, Don Morocco, and more. My friend, Glenn, the Beast Osborne. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Thank you, RC. Guys, it's great to see you guys. It's great to Man, have both nice you guys up here. You. Yeah, yeah. This is this is great to be back at night, and the weather is clearing up outside. Thank God. Yeah, right, man. So that lightning the other night, man. I was ready to climb under my bed and hide. <laughs> Seriously, with my cat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And who would have got out of it? Who would have hit? Yeah. So, oh, damaged. But yeah. Yeah, man. There's trees down everywhere. Like, yeah. Matt, did you have any trouble getting from where you're from? But now, look, that's all exciting. But we didn't do a weather report for nothing. I'll tell you, we were talking before you came in here that you were one of the first really big guests that we ever had on Completely Damaged going back in time. Oh, Got to go back RC, in time. It was crazy. Backwards hat. That Having the best of, time. Yeah, man. I remember that. And like I said earlier, I was old then, so I hate to think back how, how long ago that was, you know, when young RC first came to me and, you know, with a microphone. Definitely. Good you're, memories. You're like, what are you going to talk about? I was like, whatever you want, sir. <laughs> well, but you know, if, if everybody wants to, if you go to YouTube, actually, when you're finished listening to this, obviously, of course. you can search out the Completely Damaged channel. That video's on there. We shot that at Zern's. It was a blast. You'll see a lot of faces that if you're familiar with uh, the Worldwide Wrestling Alliance, a lot of those familiar faces pop up, and that was, we had a great time interviewing with that. That night it was hot as hell, it was. you know, I and, and, yeah. and I remember the, the thing that was so impressive was that one that you were just hulking in size, oh, like, nice. and, and with the makeup and everything, very intimidating. And, oh. and that was really the first time that we had walked up on you with the camera. And it's like, man, this guy's a giant. Oh. And it was and it was great fun. Oh, it was, man. I remember that. It was, again, like it was yesterday. So it's always a pleasure to be back. And thank you again for having me. Awesome. Yeah. And now <laughs> the face paint. Did you do it yourself, and how long did it take usually? I, I did. I did it myself. Um, it didn't take uh, maybe 10 minutes. You just have to be careful not to, you know, if you make a mistake. Uh, but over the years, I got really good at it, especially it was, it was a handy skill. If you walked in late by accident, the promoter says, you're on in five minutes. You know, so you're, yeah. you know, sometimes it, was, it wasn't the greatest job, but it was enough. Just going to sweat it off yeah. anyway. I know, yeah, right? yeah, that stuff, you know, and that paint that I used actually was – um, Road Warrior Hawk pointed that out to me um, one time, and because I was using grease paint, and it would get all over everybody, which <laughs> did not ingratiate the ring, me. everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Um, one time I was painting up and, and Hawk walked in. It was the first time I ever met him. And I thought he's going to think I'm some kid, like just trying to be a road warrior, 
you know, knockoff. And he, he introduced himself. His first time I ever met him, one of the, the nicest too? guys. Oh, super nice. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I'm Mike. And he says, what are you using there? And I said, it's uh, grease paint. He says, oh, that's no good. Use this. And he showed me it was Liquitex acrylic paint. And he said, comes right off with soap and warm water. So, yeah, it would kind of flake off but when he'd sweat. But it was good. And it worked. And I thought of him every time I'd paint up. So... You know, that was pretty cool. That's awesome. That's yeah. Yeah. And uh, so going back early in your career, man, Glenn the Beast Osborne, did you come up with that name? Or No, I haven't come up with any of the names that I have. Um, Do you have a favorite name as well? As that? Beast was cool. That was given to me by Chris Fox, um, who used to promote the UWF. And um, there's so many other beasts like Dan Severn and Brock Lesnar. You know, I'm sort of like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a beast, but I'm like... <laughs> I'm a beast over here. Yeah. You know, I'll be a beast over on this side. In the I'm beast a, family. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah. you guys be I'm the beast, beast over there. Yeah, exactly. I'll <laughs> hopefully they don't find out that I use that name. But the Madman from the Badlands, that was given to me by a friend, and I was young because, you know, it's kind of, yeah, all that. And then uh, the name Osborne was given to me by Johnny Hotbody from the original TWA because. It was my very first match. And, you know, the first matches, you're always getting blown away in two seconds. And they just thought, you know, what kind of name can we come up with for, for this kid? And at the time, I guess Johnny Hotbody thought I resembled Ozzy Osbourne. So he said, oh, I'm Glenn Osbourne. They said, all right, that sounds good for a few few shows, and then we'll change it. I don't know how. It just wound up sticking. Right. And that was it. So, you know, but I've, yeah, I've had the Beast, the Madman, you know, the Madman obviously also... The Terminator and the Mosh Master, or a couple other lesser-known ones, but so, but always just you know Glenn Osborne with the right. paint. So, <laughs> do, you, do you have any uh, fond memories of Zerns? Because you had a lot of matches. Wow, there. yeah, you know Zerns was cool. Go ahead. I was going to say for anybody outside of the area, RC is referencing Zern was the farmers market over in like Gilbertsville for yeah. a long time, mm -hmm. which really doesn't even exist anymore. Mm -hmm. But it was one of those places that was very unique. Yeah. You know, you could kind of find a little bit of everything and maybe a little bit of something you didn't think of. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, but so Zerns was Worldwide Wrestling Alliance had the Zerns Arena. Yeah. So those of you outside of the, the radius the of my voice, then you might yeah. not know what Zerns was. <laughs> <laughs> I liked those shows because I felt like they were relaxed and you could go out and, you know, when you're relaxed out there, it's so important and you can... Um, I don't know. You just get in your groove a little better, and I, I would, I found they were a lot of fun. Those shows, fun in the terms, you know, you still take, you know, a, a beating. But as far as wrestling goes, the crowds were good, and it was you could try new things, and it was cool. I had very good memories there too. So, and uh, I know now that they run regularly at the Q Mart, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of great memories with. Uh, See, that's Dino a perfect segue because Zerns and the Q Mart for me growing up, they were like kind of brother and sister and we were Q-Mart people mm. which brings us to your topic of yeah. where your wrestling shop is we were always Q-Mart people like we would love going to the Q-Mart <laughs> so Zerns was like the other side of the world and I really didn't go to Zerns that much until we started going to see wrestling hmm. there okay. but Q-Mart on the other hand which brings us to our next guest yeah. <laughs> yes we do have the collectible store at Q-Mart we're back in barn two uh, we try to run signings at least once a month if we can uh, coming up this Friday, we're going to have Sam Moo in the store. Probably one of his last signings in the area before he moves. So, so look, everybody, it's with the sound of my voice. Really, this is exciting. The way that you kind of came on my radar was I saw it pop up on my Facebook 
that you had the Sandman coming in. Somebody had shared it out. And the first thing I said was, there's a wrestling store in the Q-Mart? Because I, mean, I go to Q-Mart all the time. Now, look, those of you that, again, if you don't know, Quakertown Farmer's Market is up in Quakertown. It's been there forever. My entire life, the Q-Mart has existed. Over it's the greatest years. place. It's 100 years. And it's a farmer's market, but then it's also like cool shops. And, I mean, they've, they're thriving. And, I mean, it's one of those places, one, you can go and you can totally people watch everybody. You can get really good food, amazing bakeries. Like, same with Zern's. You can find a little bit of everything, you know, like, and you just have to know where to look. So where do we find your shop in the Q-Mart? Well, we're actually back in barn two, spot 52 and 53 at the moment. Uh, we're working on moving up to the next row a little bit. And you're right. I still get that a lot. And I've been there for almost a year now. Oh, we didn't even know this was right. here. We didn't even know you were back here. This is so cool. We've never we've never been back here. You have a collectible store back here. You have some of the coolest stuff. Because, you know, I bring in some of my own personal stuff. Like I have some ring-worn stuff from some of the guys I worked with and some of the girls. So I bring it in and put it on display. And I'll put a little, you know, signage up there, let people know whose it is. And a couple highlights from their career. And they, they stop. They take pictures with it. I got a... Stand-ups of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, Brock Lesnar, Undertaker. And I cannot tell you how many people stop and just snap a photo <laughs> with The Rock. And it's so funny. The Rock's the most popular one out of all three. Well, so that's, I think, the main thing. If we shine the light on the fact that anybody within the area of Montgomery County Community College, you got to take a trip up to the QMR on a nice day, especially it's, it's really only open Friday, Saturday, Sundays. When the flea market's out, that place will be packed. Oh, you can and find amazing treasures. You find out there. everything. I've and found you never so much know what you're going to find. You know, and that's the funny thing is so, really, what we're saying, people, not only can you find a wrestling collectible shop right there, you can kind of find a little bit of everything. That place is awesome. Yeah. And, Glenn, that's probably the best part about wrestling in a farmer's market is that. You can go get a nice, nice bit of food after you put on a great show. <laughs> cool yeah. That is true. They got some of the best places to eat in there. Yeah. We're actually gonna, working on opening one, too. There's a snack bar in Barn 2 that's been uh, shut down for a little bit, and we were working on cleaning it up, so we're hoping to have it open in a couple weeks. So that will be when we're moving from spot 52, 53 to right across in the snack bar, because we'll be running that then. Right. So, Ken, take us back um, to what inspired you to pursue uh, opening up a, 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 st- a store and how you became a fan and all that. Um, I've been a lifelong wrestling fan. I, as growing up, young man, um, five years old, well, I guess young kid, uh, my <laughs> uncle Kevin, he introduced me to wrestling, the WWE. Uh, he was a big Ultimate Warrior fan, and I'd watch this guy come running down the ring with all this crazy energy, and I thought it was one of the coolest things in the world. But uh, I actually fell in love with the Rockers because they did the same thing. They'd come down, they'd run. They're like one of the first set of guys you see jumping off the top rope, doing them drop kicks and the body splashes. And, and to me, I was just like, whoa the most amazing thing in the world and i've just been a wrestling fan since and i'm about 40 years old uh back when coronavirus came um i actually was uh gming restaurant and uh they closed it down so i had nowhere to go you know you did the social uh the unemployment thing but i didn't really like being on that so i wanted something to do and i said all right this is my this is a chance you know let's not look at this as a negative let's look at coronavirus as a positive i didn't lose anybody god bless but now let's see if we can change our life and do something that we're more content, more happy with, something I want to enjoy doing. So I looked into my life, and one of the things that stand out throughout my house and my life is, you know, my kids, my wife, family, and then you have wrestling. It's always been there for me. During coronavirus, it was like one of the easiest things to pick up on to figure out what I love. Who's still entertaining the world during coronavirus when everything's closed down? The WWE putting on shows in front of nobody. Why? Because they're still trying to entertain us. They're still trying to keep their product going. They're still trying to keep the world 
normalized during this crazy time. And keep the payroll going for these wrestlers who put their life on the line. That too. And I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that entertainment, man. There's really nothing to do once I lost my job. I had, and then watching Raw one night is when it clicked. And so I reached out to some friends that I knew and said, how do I go about, you know, booking people for conventions? I want to try something new. And I just so happened to have a friend named Bud Carson and uh, Russell who put me in the right direction. And uh, next thing you know, I got a hold of Carlito, who was just in the Royal Rumble earlier yeah. that, that year. So I booked him. And it was one of the coolest experiences of my life, man. He comes out. He's got his big fro. He's super nice. He's great with the fans. He was great with us. And it was just, I knew right there at the end of that first signing, I'm like, I think I found what I want to do, something that, you know, would make me happy, something I get up and enjoy doing. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I can tell you from doing it for over two years now, it's a lot of work to book wrestlers. You got the flights, you got the hotels, you know, you got to, I like to carry a cooler around, make sure I got waters and energy drinks and whatever they like to drink. So they, so they're constantly comfortable. So I'm trying to take care of the best like I can, like, you know, I'm not the WWE, but I'm going to do the best I can to make them feel comfortable. So the next time I call them up, they're like, yeah, we'd love to come out with you again, man. Is that one thing you guys are looking for is a promoter that's actually um, reliable and actually takes care of the talent? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, that was really important, especially, you know, back when, you know, things were a little bit different. And yeah, if, if you could find promoters that you trusted and trusted you and, you know, you could set up, you know, a circuit and go around and work for this guy, here, you know, and, and it, absolutely. I thought that was critical. And unfortunately, I think that as time has gone on, there's been more and more promoters that have gotten in that don't do that, unfortunately. So, but yeah. yeah. I try to take care of the talent to the best of my ability. I look at them as they're still that WWE superstar. You still are that ECW superstar to me. So when I bring you out, I like to make sure you have a good room. I don't want to put you in a cheap motel. Mm-hmm. I don't do motels. I try to make sure you're on American Airlines or United Airline flights. I try to make sure everything's cool. And like I said, I don't, I don't buy the giant water. I go out, spend extra money. I get some deer pork waters. We got some Red Bulls in there. You like wow. some Corona? I got some Coronas waiting too. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I'm just saying for after the you show. Want Aquafina. We got Aquafina here. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and also you mentioned Bud Carson. Now, Bud had that place in Merchant Square Mall yes, for did. a long time, yeah. which was like the wrestling museum or whatever. Oh, yeah. And that was outstanding. And anybody in this area certainly knows what they were running up there was top of the notch. I mean, really uh, great stuff. That's definitely one of my mentors in the business. He was... My first uh, signing was at his store back when he was in Allentown. Right. He, he still had the uh, Wild Samoan Training Center behind there because wow. we had a picture in the ring. I think we met uh, Mr. Wonderful, and then a, a little bit later we met Dave Batista there actually too. Really cool. That's cool. So he's definitely one of my mentors in the business. I've learned a lot since I started. Another thing I like to do when I bring town out is I, I like to take them out to dinner after the show and, and, and take care of the bill, you know, make sure they eat, like I said. I try to go to the furthest extent to make sure everything's cool. And the next time they come out, a lot of times they're super happy to be out with you. They'll, they'll, they'll do, like you said, you'll, you'll set up. You went from doing one show with them to, hey, man, get me, get me on a whole weekend. We'll, we'll work something out. So now you're, now you're Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday flight out. Boom. That's, and then, yeah, that's great, man. And it's, it's motivating. You want to do a good job if you feel like you know, you're being respected and, and appreciated. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Sounds like you're on all, a good path. And all the talent, they've all been really cool. They all go to the first extent. They take their time with the fans. It's really mm-hmm. great, man. Yeah, that's great, man. Well, we got our first caller, Damage Radio. Who's on the line? Hi, this is John with the National Association of Independent Contractors. 
You can reach me at 866-459-9461. I was actually just reaching out to you regarding the new medical plans. So this sounds like a great kind of spam call to Monica Radio. Offered at significant. Wow, is Thanks that a first? Thanks for calling, John. I'll tell you, you know, it's funny because I never got something that's... I thought that was a real person. Yeah, me too. And that's pretty me. pretty lifelike, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The AI, it's crazy. If it, I was just about to buy some life insurance or whatever the hell he was selling. That's yeah. crazy. I thought I needed some independent contractor. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I got excited for a second. No, I thought he's even in the ring yet. Yeah. I thought he's saying, look, I'm going to come do work. I'm going to come do a signing. <laughs> I don't know who the hell that was. He's about to go get hey, some Jerry Park water from him. But then he was just going to ask however he got started. I got the Red Bull, too, if you need I got a question for you. Now, thinking about, obviously, you're selling collectibles, things like that, but you were a fan as a young kid. What were some of the first collector's items that you remember having? Oh, man, dude. we The Hasbro wrestlers were something I remember very fondly, man. They were some of the greatest things to chase around. There was a lot I never got my hands on. Like, they talk about the one, two, three kid being impossible to get. Yes, that was true. I've never owned it. The Yokozuna figure, never owned it. Crush figure, never owned it. And my mom, she would buy us all these figures, but certain ones you couldn't get your hand on. And I didn't know as a kid that that was like a collector's thing. Right. And as I got older, I started to, to learn a little more. And then, you know, we developed. I started keeping the wrestlers in the packages. And the next thing I know, I'm going to signings, getting the packages, signing as a teenager. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool, hanging them up. And, and God, my wife is so upset with me. I have wrestlers <laughs> in the package signed going around my whole living room ceiling connected to the point where I have nowhere to put them. And my wife is like, you better find something to do with them, and they better not end up in my dining room. Yeah. I have so many. I, I have something. Why is it in front of our wedding but, picture? But did you ever get a yeah, one, that's two, all three the steps. kid? Yeah. Did you ever find the one, room. two, three kid? No. Actually, to this day, I've never still owned that figure. To this day. we got to be on the lookout for that. Then. Like, that is the craziest thing. It would be cool just to, just to have it once. I'd set it up real nice and hold on to it. Now, so with, with that in childhood mind, memory. what are like the rarest things that you have maybe in your collection or on the collection that people could come possibly buy it? Uh, at the moment, some of the coolest things I own are in my house and I, and I don't bring out to the store. Like, I just picked up Tatanka's um, loincloth from his undefeated streak. He wore it at a SummerSlam and Survivor Series that year. I got him real cool. I just, I just framed it all up. It's something actually I've been asked three times to sell, and I gave them an astronomical price and said, it's not for sale. <laughs> well, give me a price if you would sell it. All right, 10 grand. Leave me alone. <laughs> But to me, it's priceless because I, I watched that growing up. That had a big impact on my life. My brother would sit and sat right there with me. We watched Tatanka with his undefeated streak. We used to love his theme song. We had his figure. We used to pull him back and knock over everybody else. Tatanka was a big, <laughs> big influence in our time during that. And uh, just, you know, for that memory, you just really couldn't put a price on it because I, I showed my brother. So I'm like, look, you remember when he would have? Right. That's his, man. That's his. Like, I think I that's what's so outstanding. Him. Like he said, like when you watch WrestleMania or whatever, and they have a certain piece of clothes on, and then the fact that you could, I know people with all these things that you go, well, that was the robe that he wore. You ever watch that WWE's Most Wanted Treasure? That is the most awesome show. I think that's what sparked me to go a step further and start collecting all that little bit of extra stuff. I mean, it's incredible because like things like that, even the other night they were going through Rey Mysterio and they had like the mask that, that, uh, you know, Eddie Guerrero had ripped. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, even Mick Foley's holding it, and he's like, you I mean, these, right where my hands are was where Eddie's hands were ripping this mask. And you can see them getting a little choked up. And as much as I think that, that whole show, they stage it a little bit. Yeah. Like, they know what they're pulling out of the boxes. 
Uh-huh. But you could see Mick Foley was kind of like, you know, that's you pretty know, significant. Mick got me too. Now looking yeah. at this shirt right here, the Hot Rod. Hot Rod. I watched it. I watched parts of the one where they where they went to Teal Piper's house right. and they pulled out the bag. The bagpipes. I lost it. The shorts came out from the boxing match with Mr. T, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, the history, and it just. Almost brought a tear to my eye to see it because it, it's, see it's never been seen. And you know, it's her, great. her reaction as she his loves daughter was so happy that his legacy would be preserved in that way. Amen. And you could see that. And I think that's what makes collecting so much fun is that one, it means something to you. But two, there's this connection to something that was great yeah. in your life. You know, and it could be something as simple as, well, this was the beer can that Stone Cold threw out and it hit me in the head. That's Stone Cold yeah. beer can, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I ain't gonna lie. Uh, you mentioned WrestleMania. I I got the um, Rhinos WrestleMania outfit where he was at the Battle Royal. I think it was WrestleMania 35. Don't quote me on it, but uh, I got that from him. That's just a prize possession. I mean, it's the only thing I own from WrestleMania. So like, you couldn't get that off my wall <laughs> unless you had a significant amount of money and I was in a hole. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I do you still with- have your first boots, Glenn? Or what's that? Do you still have your first boots? No. I- or any anything from I do have boots. I have two, I think, that I wore regularly still. I, I just, you know, I put my bag in the closet and it's been there, but I never unpacked it. I mean, you know, to wash stuff because sometimes I'll to this day I'll use like a knee brace or something that's still in okay shape. So but it's stuff still, you know, uh still in there. Um but yeah, I have boots and tights and all that stuff. <laughs> Which is interesting when you think about that WWE most wanted, right? They always try and find a piece of gear or something that was significant to the person's career. Hmm. Thinking of your own career, is there a is there an item that you hold that you say, I remember where I was when this happened, I had this pair of boots or I had that pair of trunks. Like that's always kind yeah. of the significance is you bring it by by making that special moment. Yeah. Is wow. there something that comes to your mind? Yeah. Um, I have a pair of boots that were sold to me by my friend Frank Nevali. He used to wrestle. Um, he's a professional Santa Claus now, as far as I know. <laughs> but he, he sold me. He's a great dude. Well, he sold me. Thing. Yeah, he sold me some boots that were really nice that I still have that I wore for years. But I kept them in decent shape because I'd switch them out. Then I had a pair of motorcycle boots that were um converted to wrestling boots, crepe sole and everything. Um, the, the pair that Frank sold me though, I wore, geez, I all, like all the early ECW TV tapings. I wore those. I mean, I wrestled so many big names in these boots. Uh, so I still have them. I feel like I'm forgetting something significant about them, but it'll the boots probably come that you to wore me. when RC interviewed you yeah, at Zerns, they would have. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. probably were. They met. No, those were the. I think the motors at that point the motorcycle boots. But I would switch back and forth. But in those ones that I was talking about, I I, I got to wrestle like King Kong Bundy and just a ton of. Uh, I think like the. Edge and Christian, I think I was wearing those. I liked the, those because they had a they had a good sole on them, so they jack you up a little bit. So for TV, that was good for the ECW TVs and stuff. But um, yeah, so I think maybe that's why I haven't gotten rid of any of that stuff. And I guess you always kind of hold out. I'm, you know, I have a cane nowadays. It's not going to be permanent, <laughs> but I'm like I'm like halfway through a three year recovery process. So, you know, I'm not going to come back in the ring at 54 years old. I'm just not. But I, th- I don't know. There's something about holding on to that stuff. You know, wrestling gets in your blood. 
And that's one of the things, you know, I like about Facebook and stuff is you can keep everybody in your orbit and, you know, that's, you know, how we can all stay in touch and everything, but special memories and emotions attached to the gear. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is for me. That's why the Tataka thing, I could have paid a grand for it, but I want 10 because I don't want to sell it. Yeah. Because to me it's priceless. It has a a memory and emotions attached to it. Right. So I definitely understand you'd want to keep a couple of good pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't think holding on to stuff like that, you know, it, it doesn't make you like a mark for yourself or anything. It's something when you spend 20 plus years or 10 plus or whatever, 30, 40 doing something, it becomes such a part of you. It's, it's hard, you know, you don't want to get rid of that. I'll probably have that until, you know, the, uh, you know, till the end. Now we're talking about like green worn stuff or um, memorabilia. Every promotion you were in, basically, you were a heavyweight champion or a television champion or a tag team champion. Or cl- uh, yeah, and then there were some where I didn't rise. I mean, I, you know, second match, third match, and that was cool. You know, I never minded that stuff. That was work, you know, and you'd have a chance to go out. And back in those days, the promoter would or the booker would say, you know, your second or third match, you know, 10 minutes, um, you know, you, you know, call the finish, but he's over, you know, that type of thing. And that's, that was it. So I should have left breadcrumbs down that trail. What were you saying? <laughs> no, pretty much in every promotion, you were a heavyweight champion. Oh yeah, that's right. Champion. And then there were some where, you know, you just put it, you're happy to get, you're just happy to get work when you're young and upcoming and, right. and stuff. And then when you're rolling with it, that. yeah, you know, I, I work with Alpha Jr. a lot. He's got this awesome training slash, I want to say performance center. Cause it reminds me of NXT's performance center. I've he heard multiple about rings. that. Yeah. He's yeah. got his own gym attached to it with a sauna. That's awesome. Uh, they have the, um, yeah, like anything you think of, they cut promos and everything. And, and I'm blessed to be a friend of his, and he allows me to come up there and watch and learn a little That's bit. Great. I mean, I'm not trying to get in the ring the rest of myself, but I like to get in there and learn a little something to gain a little more appreciation for what you did in the ring. Oh, for like people like uh, Earl Hebner and Godfather, people I worked with in the ring, so I can sure. have a better appreciation of it. I don't think I'm a great wrestler, but I, I you know, like just to learn. Just say, this is yeah. what you guys put yourself through. And I always tell the guys that they're training. I don't know how you go 10, 15 minutes in the ring. I'm dying after doing a few a few bumps and a couple moves. Five minutes, I'm like this. Oh, how do you do this? Yeah. I'm sweating. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. But uh, oh, if yeah. anybody out there ever wants to be trained to be a wrestler, Broadheadsville, PA, 137 Aaron Lane. Check out Alpha Jr. Battlefield Pro Wrestling. He has one of the greatest training facility centers I've ever seen. And like I said, to me, it's more like I've seen training centers, a couple of them. And, I'm, and I don't want to say I'm not, I don't pick sides, but this is more like, it's not like a training center you normally see. It's like the NXT Performance Center. It's like, wow, there's so much shows? stuff going there. Do they do the yes, shows he there does a monthly show. They do a monthly show right there on hand at 137 Aaron Lane. Let me, it's usually the last Sunday of the month, so it should be July 30th. They'll have their next show. I actually work backstage for them. I'm more like a backstage official. I'll come out and help people back to the ring when they're when they're knocked out and they need help back to backstage uh, sometimes go up clean up after a hardcore match or if somebody needs a microphone i run it out i do stuff like that um sometimes the, if the pyro guy's not there i'll shoot off the, the pyro for them and the smoke so i do a little backstage thing with them and it's one of the one of the cooler shows i work at that and the ppw uh bpw just the last show i was at they they had um casey navarro on that show he's a great up-and-coming wrestler He'll be uh, wrestling Zack Ryder at the next show on wow. July 30th. And they this will be part two. The first match was amazing. 
I can't spoil it for you. You'd have to go on premiere and watch it. <laughs> Sorry about that, but it is probably out of the last two years. No, we're big one of the fans coolest of matches That's I've Josh. ever seen. Yeah, Josh Chernoff. Yeah, uh, he's, right. He's, he's one of the ones that actually came about that and oh, comes up here a lot. If you get a chance, have him show you the beep the la- the BPW show where Casey wrestled Zack Ryder and just watch that match and you'll fall in love with the show. It is. And the storylines on the show are there. It's not just matches thrown together. There's great storylines. Same thing with PPW. It's another one. It's the, the two I work with the most. They also have people like Facade, Neon Ninja, and Danny Moe, who's very hot on the indie scene as a female wrestler right now. And both put on a really great show. They stick to good storylines. You usually don't have to wonder why this person's doing this. If you're at the last show, and here you are at the next show, you're, you're, you're into the story because it's, it's moving. Right. And it's both. And like you said, at 40, you still have that drive and that appreciation for professional wrestling, and you want to be a part of it and help out wherever you can and know, all right, maybe my role is not in the ring, but I can bring other things to the table, like in the back end, helping yes. with Cairo and having and I, multiple. And that's you know, what I like to do. I get enjoyment out of that. My weekends fly by. My work week is like slower than a snail, but as soon as Friday hits, it's like, oh, my God, it's Monday. Why? Why? I was at three shows. I got no sleep. And and all, and all I'm worried about is, why is it Monday again already? I just want the weekend to come back. And then yeah. it drags, 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 and boom, three more shows, it's over. And it's like, wow. Now, uh, they also you. run student shows at BPW, too. Like the students that are at the, at the training center, the performance center, they'll also run a show once a month. That's usually the second week of the month. And they put on a pretty awesome show. It's, it's uh, fairly priced, so you can get to know some of the people that you'll see on the bigger show that's on Premiere. Um, a lot of great, great talent there. A lot of very professional people. Like if you were to show up there, all them, all them students would shake your hand. Alpha Junior would walk up, shake his hand. Everyone would introduce themselves to you. You'd feel so welcome there. You wouldn't want to go home. And that's what you need to see. Well, because he's famous too. It's RC from Completely Dead. Well, that does help a little. Bit. That there you go. Right. <laughs> and you know, and with your background of general manager, manager, like you already had a couple steps above everybody else to start your own promotion. Yeah, that. so talk about how that, how that helped. It definitely did help out to GM. Uh, like when you work for somebody and you're an employee or you're just a shift manager or something, it's a, it's it's one thing. And you think, oh, the GM's lazy, the owners are lazy. But then when you take that next step and you're like, oh, this is why they get paid all this money. This is what they deal with. Wow. They really don't get a day off. When you're a GM of a restaurant, your day off, yeah, you could be all Sunday. That's great. There's a problem in the store. Guess who's getting the phone call at 9 a.m. in the morning when you're trying to enjoy family time? Right. So you're, you're used to problem solving. I became really quick at solving problems, and I developed a great crew to where after six months of being a GM, my managers wouldn't even call me on my day off. They wouldn't call me before my shifts, after my shift, and there was no threats. I didn't say, hey, don't call me, Robert. I'm going to fire you. Cut out. <laughs> no, I purposed, I took everybody and individually trained them and then what I would do is I would take my GM task because it's, it's not really GM task. This task of the store is for everybody. We are a team. So what I would do is even though normal store, the GM would kill themselves to do all this. I split it up between my managers and some of my higher up employees. And what it did is it empowered them. It made them feel like they were more poor, part of the end product. They were more part of the store. They were more in it to win it versus I'm just here to make nine bucks an hour plus some tips and go home. Right, right. So I, I, I'm very, uh, like, I like to spread it out, and I like to make everyone feel involved, basically, because I feel like you get more productivity out of them. And, yeah, like you said, being a GM for a couple of years, it, it definitely helped me do this. It made me more 
prepared for it. Now, as being a GM, like being a business owner, oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. You're just there to run a store as the GM. As the business owner, you got all this stuff up here to still deal with, plus that if you don't have a GM. But, right. yeah, that's more or less taxes. They're, they're fun to learn about. I've had a fun experience <laughs> learning about those sales taxes and paying your taxes at the end of the year. That was fun. This is So if you ever look us up on Facebook, we're actually Cash Promotions LLC. Oh, yeah. We are a licensed business. Right. Um, a lot of fun things. So you're talking a lot about that. The one thing that I think a lot of people listening would be curious, what are some of the names you've brought in for these signings? You know, what are can you spill any upcoming ones that might be on the horizon? Because, again, we are broadcasting here from Bluebell, PA, Quakertown, PA, not far away, easily within the sound of my voice. And if you come there, I'll even buy you a cheeseburger if you find me. But I might be there. Who knows? Never know. I'll look for you at the cheeseburger stand on there this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I worked with a lot of great talent over the past. Uh, D'Lo Brown, someone I became really close with. Uh, I'm actually going to have him again out in August 20th at the Wrestle Bash at Fairfield, New Jersey. Uh, Tasha Steele, she's a young and upcoming star on Impact Wrestling. I worked with her in the past. We're going to be working with her and the famous Earl Hebner at Icon July 1st. This Saturday, actually. This Saturday in Philadelphia at the Great 2300 Arena, guys. So you don't want to really miss out on this. I mean, I got got the best of the best. You can't get any better. I go way back in the day here with Earl Hebner, and then I got an up-and-coming star here with Tasha Steele as a I'm telling you that you'll, you'll hear that name soon. You'll see her on AEW or WWE TV. She's just an amazing talent. I love Impact, but I, I think her ceiling is just endless at the moment because of everything she can do in the ring. Her, her charisma is great. Um, we also worked with great people like The Godfather, more up-and-coming stars like Austin and Colton Gunn before they were tag team nice. champions wow. in AEW. They were two of the coolest dudes I worked with. Very funny. Uh, we actually ended up sit, uh, actually ended up sitting next to Billy and Road Dog that day too because they were at the table next to us and these guys love to prank each other. Thank God I wasn't part of any of the pranks though. <laughs> I was. <laughs> He's got it a couple times. Yeah, I got yeah, it. you got yeah. him a couple. Yeah, Billy got me a few times. Grow some beer, oh, get Billy's a beer, a do guy. something, man. You're just here, and I was yeah. like. Well, you know, uh, the funny thing, and this is, he won't even tell you a story, but if you know completely damn sure any amount of time, pretty boy Larry Sharp, the first time we ever met him, he comes up and he says, bow when you meet me, and right on camera, wax yeah. RC. Yeah. And, and it was just, and we, oh, you know, it's surprising. And then the other one was Gilbert, oddly enough, says, what's the capital of yeah. Thailand? Thailand. Bangkok, Bangkok, boom. And you still manage to get an interview, yeah. even with after the nut yeah. shot. So there's, yeah. you can Larry go back said, and find them. Larry said, next time you see a king, don't you know, don't you, know you have to bow and bang. And then uh, it was bad boy Barry Hardy and Gilberg at a show that we did. Um, that was at uh, Allentown, right? Allentown. Yeah, Allentown when we wow. met Buddy and uh, I got to smell Carson and we got to actually area. see the store finally. I don't even want to say how many years ago that was. But yeah, uh, he said, capital of Thailand. I was like, Oh, what, what in Bangkok? Boom! And then boom. I had to. Don't oh, Gilbert! You can't take you can't take Gilbert anywhere, brother. And bad boy <laughs> just went right into it and all. It was funny. And it was guys like that who, like you know, then it was I don't know was it enhancement talent or would you say at that time? Yeah, like, or, yeah. I mean, I remember you know when they'd say do jobs or you know I think enhancement talent's more of a, a little more recent thing. Yeah. We we just I mean it was just uh, you know you go there to do, do jobs you know just to make some money or something. And the but. stories that they had were just, just phenomenal that they've been through. And then they, you know, they were the turtles once, you know, the undefeated turtles that came out with the Ninja Turtle gear <laughs> and all that. And just, 
That's yeah. great. Those are some good times. You know, I'm totally yeah. thinking about that and thinking about going to those conventions. And you've done a lot of those where you meet the fans. Any crazy stories? There's somebody that walks up that's maybe a little bit tilted to the left. And, uh, you know, it's wrestling fans. Oh, <laughs> oh I got my. Yeah. Oh, geez. I remember. Yeah, anytime you're like around Philly or New York or anything, some of them. Are, well, you know, that's funny because some of the people down south, too, are, are kind of. Uh, Uncontacted, in a weird way. but uh, that was the nicest way to say. I know. Look at you, man. but you know, some of the there was a kid that came up to me. One, I'm not going to imitate him, but he he was maybe like 11 or something, and he sl- he comes up to he slams his hands on the table and he start he was making weird noises. I don't know what the hell was wrong with the heck was wrong with this kid. And his mom came and dragged him off. I mean, I signed a thing for him and stuff, but. Uh, yeah, some real characters over the years. You know, I, that's all that really, that kid, I'm sure there's a ton in the memory bank that aren't coming to mind at the moment. But Anyone that wouldn't leave you alone and kept on telling you like stories and things about their past and, and like their whole um, family history? Yeah, yeah, people like that. Yeah. Um, one time I did get whacked. I was wrestling Jimmy Gennetti in Philly, and we got done the match, and I... Um, John Finnegan, the great John yes. Finnegan, great uh, guy. And I forget, I got DQ'd or something. I punched Finnegan. He takes this big, he flies out of the ring. And, you know, I get out and I'm, uh, and all of a sudden I feel someone hit me with a chair across my back. And I thought maybe Gennetti had gotten up and, you know, popped me or something. I turn around, and there's some guy, like 60 year old guy standing there in a suit and he's what? holding, and we were at the, uh, Philadelphia Sports Bar, when we used to do, I don't know if you remember any of those shows in Philly, the TWA used to run Bar Wars, and it was at Michael Jack's uh, Philadelphia Original Sports Bar. And those shows, man, they could be pretty lawless. And this guy, I guess, and I I guess it's a good thing I got so much heat. This guy got out of this chair, and I'm sure he had a few, just (laughs) whacked me. And this place, they had the heavy wooden chairs, like bar chairs. It wasn't like a folding chair, which still hurts like hell. But he picked this thing up and wham, you know. And I turned around, and and before I could do anything, security just jumped on him, so... Um, They're lucky they jumped on out. him, right? Well, yeah. I'm but, glad it was a chair and not something else. I was going to say, if anybody wants to know why you're called the beast, even when you smacked your hand yeah. as a sound effect, the, the whole thing shut up. Right? <laughs> that was loud. It was like, that's a power right there. Uh, yeah, thanks. Go rewind that tape and you can yeah, listen right. to that. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah, th- those were good times. Th- those stand out. I'm sure that, you know, I, I could think of more, but. I'll probably be driving home and go, oh, and then there was that time, you know. Yeah. yeah that's so, how it works. yeah, pretty much. Do you have any from talent that you brought in that you had, like, kind of, like, push along because it's starting to? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I guess I work with a lot of great people at Tatanka. I work with Johnny Gargano, <laughs> Buddy Matthews. Uh, everyone is really cool with the fans. I'm not a, a, rushed, a rushed person. I prefer the fans to, to take their time and enjoy their experience because uh, learning over time from a lot of the guys – uh, that's really what it's about. I mean, you could bring the same person to all over the place, but what it's really about to the fan is the experience they get with that person. If, like, say you go meet Earl Hebner and he tells you a fun story about Owen Hart or Andre Giant. Next time you see Earl Hebner at a convention, you're going to want to pay to come over and talk to him again and, and get that photo op again with him because of the experience you got. So I'm really not a pushy person. Uh, Tataka was great with the fans. He would take his time and, and he would encourage the kids to... to you know, go after their dreams and stuff. And I, I really enjoy that. For me, what I get most out of being a promoter 
is the joy on the fans' faces. So just knowing that, you know, wow, the impact that's going to have on that kid is amazing. Like, yeah. that's what I get out of it. Uh, sometimes the fans will come up and shake my hand and say, thank you for bringing them out. And I'm like, no, thank you for coming out. Right. You know, and that's, and that's what I get out of it. That's the joy that fills me on the inside right, right there. And the background, too. Like, we did uh, one in Jersey, and they had Piper's Pit. And they had the background of Piper's Pit. You got to I was stand there for that one. Pit. I got to yeah, stand in the pit. That was, that was amazing. And Meanie, of all people, he was like, Matt, you got to get me in the background here. I, I got to get something, too. So then he did one, you know, and it's just like, those are the memories yeah, that stick out the right. best. Like I was, I was there for that one in New Jersey. I'm pretty yeah. sure. He, uh, my son got to meet Piper, and we got photos with him. It was one of the coolest experiences because he took his time to talk to my son. I mean, you see this bad guy on TV, hitting people with coconuts and all this craziness. I mean, I was in love with Piper. He he, yeah. I, he just sparked my interest. I used to love when he was on the mic. He, he would never bore you. He would tell you a story. And uh, to see how he interacted with my son and, and myself was amazing, and I'll never forget that. I will always look at Roddy Piper as one of the nicest and greatest people I had the privilege to shake hands with, right. taken way too young, right. way too young. Yep. Glenn, that great mind me for into, business. Too. Yeah, very great mind. And uh, my dad plays the bagpipes even, so like you know, awesome. we had a you <laughs> yeah. know a wow. good thing with that. But yeah, people asking, uh, fans asking for you to put them in the choke code or the Cobra Clutch, like we saw. Piper put people in the we have video oh, yeah, of that. Yeah, 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 and like Sergeant Slaughter put me in one when we interviewed. Ever have something like that? Like the fans say, Hey, can you put put your hand around me and tell you joke slam me or anything? Mom, I did have a old friend of mine who was a wrestler uh ask for his son's nineteen his son wanted this. <laughs> his son asked for his nineteenth birthday if I would choke slam him. <laughs> so I <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, my the guy, you know, he's he's a wrestler, and he, I said, well, you know, okay, so I guess if it's cool, yeah. you know, normally I wouldn't do something right. like that, but it's because I knew yeah. his dad for a long time, so I kind of, you know, it was safely, you know, very safely That's done. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, yeah, you no, know, you don't, you don't. I'm not gonna jam him down. No. Somebody, yeah, yeah, can you jam exactly. me down in the Sam's Club cake over here? <laughs> <laughs> that that was the only time. But no, I would never do something. I mean, just me. I mean, for pictures, you know, you kind of you can put yeah. on like a real light headlock or yeah. something like that to goof off. But I would never seriously put I did anybody a chair shot in a picture where I had Kenny Omega holding a chair up against my head. I just. Oh, yeah, man. I thought about the talking too. I thought it'd be a good one. Like, what, what if you whisper to the fans? Like, chop, just like you're yeah. about to give him a chop, and it's not a good angle to get a picture of you. Like, it'd be a fun experience. Oh yeah, you but know, you're not, he's like not that. actually going to chop you. Because, yeah, right, right, yeah. yeah. And, and I wouldn't do that. And if, if you laid money yeah. on the table, I still can't let him chop you, people. Just so you know that. For right. all the fans that come up to yeah. Craig Town, if you see the talking there. Don't ask them to complete the chop. It's just for looks. That's I, mean, I would want to get that. a chop from Ric Flair, though. If they said like it was fifty bucks and Flair would you give would you a chop, oh my gosh, that would be the honor of a lifetime. It's Ric Flair. Why does a stadium full of people go woo whenever somebody throws a chop? It's Ric right, Flair, sir. right? And that's that's not as bad as a punch to the head or a choke slam. Right. That's yeah. the thing. Just that's just a little, chest, little red right. mark. Yeah. It goes right. away in the morning. Just don't ask for more than one. Right. You, might you just for want that time. one. <laughs> or watching Matt mark out, and when we had the microphone at Jimmy Hart, he's like, "Can I hold he that?" Or like the shock master. You know, Jimmy Hart. He did let us hold the yeah. the megaphone. But then that was the one, you know, Ken Ottman or where that had or yeah, Fred Ottman. Fred Ottman yeah. had the Shockmaster helmet, and we got to hold the Shockmaster helmet. Like, that was the yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> he let the kid, he would let some of the kids wear it. It's pretty funny. But uh, actually, there was a fan at Icons. Philadelphia is wild. Just so you know, that, everyone just Philadelphia is wild. There was a fan at Icons. I was actually going around 
paying the wrestlers during the middle of the middle of the show during intermission to chop him. <laughs> now I gotta tell you, I, I think Alphas was probably the hardest. That was like, oh. wow, like fans are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe he went around. He got chopped from everybody that was there during the intermission part. And I'm like, Woo. Now, Gwen, you put your body on the line for us fans and for promoters and for yourself. Uh, looking back, how would you like to be remembered in this business? Oh, wow. Um, was something going to happen that I don't know about? <laughs> um, I guess, boy, that's a tough one, man. I guess just, I like to think of, I try, I, a lot of guys, I think, get embittered by the business. I try not to do that. And I think I would like to be kind of remembered as maybe someone who brought some positivity to wrestling because there can be so much negativity. And that, you know, that bothers me as someone that always loved it and everything. There, there's so much emphasis. Wrestling is so under the microscope. Like a wrestler dies and it's like everyone's, oh, what a bunch of scumbag druggies and, you know, stuff like that. And then, then like an actor or some, you know, somebody else dies of, of an overdose or whatever. And well, you know, they had a lot of problems. Oh, it's a shame what happened, you know, um, so, yeah, I think more positivity is a good thing. And I'm not some bobble-headed, you know, person running around vomiting rainbows, you know. But <laughs> optimism and, and positivity is good. Right. You know? Obviously. That's it. And right. I think it's really just all in your approach right. and all how you look at it. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, it's, it's still hard, you know, a bitter pill for me sometimes certain things. But... You don't dwell on that stuff, or you you know you'll never get out of bed in the morning. So, you you sort of learn how to just soldier on. Right now, if you got back into it, not in the ring, of course, but like in other aspects, what would you like to do? Um, I would like to get back to doing some uh, training, some teaching. You know, uh, I was fortunate enough to work in in a oh a handful of wrestling schools over the years and work with some really good up and coming guys and train them uh something like that would be like a seminar or something i haven't i've only done one of those years ago um anything i can do to help educate or teach people i guess you know so teach people how to wrestle and that it's not just you know the the fireworks and the acrobatics and I'm certainly not going to teach people that, but you know, I think as far as the psychology and just how to work a match and, and the basics that you don't, you know, locking up, making it competitive, you know, it's got to be competitive. You're competitors when you're in there and teaching that kind of stuff. Um, you know how it was, there's still some great ones today that bring out that, you know, that one match recently, that was good. What are the, uh, Gunther against, uh, I don't keep up with the team. I knew that you were going to say him. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. The first Seamus and Gunther, right. holy Because yeah. he's old school, you know? Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Thinking of that, who were some of the mentors when you broke in? Who were the people that you learned the most from early on? Um, and we're yeah. saved by the bell. Unless <laughs> is, are you selling car insurance like the one earlier? You're on the radio. Hi, this is Royal Money, and I'm not selling car insurance. <laughs> right. <laughs> Royal, it was so funny. We got a call earlier, and it's like, Hi, I'm John. I'm an independent contractor. And we were like, at first we were like, is this person real? We didn't know what it was. Royal, how are you? I'm doing good in yourself. <laughs> Great. He's selling beatdowns. <laughs> 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 so, really, how's it going, I'm a, man? 
It's going good. I'm just upset I can't save you guys 15% by switching you guys on there. Oh, man. He's good. What are you up to? I called in to ask a question as a wrestler. You know what I mean? I, 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 you know, we got, well, they got legends in the building right now. So yes, I, I'm listening. If any time I could call in. But uh, I've been wrestling for a little while and I mean, a lot of people told me I, I have the it factor. And now it's just like, it's getting real to, like, go for it. Like, what's that advice? When it's like, not that I reached the level, but I'm trying, not trying to see what the legend scene, but I'm trying to get to where they saying I can go. Like, like I, I feel like I'm hitting a, a wrestling block. Like, what type of advice can you give to get past that? When you have all the tools, you're just trying to figure out that next step. Um, well, I would say that go for any good opportunities that come your way. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's hard out there. I remember this is Royal from the Monster Factory, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. you well, man. You um, we were oh, on the show together you. a while back. You were the tag team okay. champs. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, any opportunities you can get. Uh, it's now they say it's your brand. And protect mm -hmm. your protect your brand and protect yourself, and you know be you know do what you think is going to be right for, for you. But also, you know, and you know, it's it's you're part of a, of a of a bigger whole. So mm -hmm. when when you're asked to be a part of a team or something like that, and maybe the focus isn't entirely on you, go for it. I mean, any opportunity because I, I remember I remember you seemed very determined. Uh, yeah. You know, in wrestling, so someone like yourself with the talent and the look and and the physique and everything, I, you know, definitely, man. Don't I? I didn't go for certain things that were offered to me, and you know, I look back now and it's you know certain things I regret. So if you if you get those chances, man, take them. As long as you're not going to get hurt or anything, and you find it fair, man, go for it. Go go as far as you can. Thank you. Do a little networking. I trying to work for a couple other promotions in the area, like like I mentioned earlier, BPW, PPW. They're great shows. They're on premiere. You know, maybe reach out and try to show them what you can do. You know, get get you know different eyes on you instead of the same eyes because you know being in the right place at the right time. I feel like is what gets you most of the place in the wrestling world. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. extremely important. Yeah, and even if you're invited up to just you know for for, for anything you can get some eyes on you, you know, and that's always important because you don't know who's going to go, you know, oh, look at that guy yeah. over there. He looks like he might fit this spot. And then if they have a spot for you, you're going to be in line for it. So, you know, just get, get the eyes on you, man, you know, and if you go up for dark matches or whatever, you know, take those opportunities. And not getting in your yeah, own yeah. head. Yeah, absolutely. And not man. listening to the naysayers and people are trying to bring you down. Exactly. Yeah, because if you yeah. if you read your stuff, your own stuff, and it's you know some of it I learned can be pretty savage. So I stop mm -hmm. looking at it and just working and going forward. Definitely never right, 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 right. Yeah, I'm afraid. <laughs> I <I'm> could <good. laughs> rather not know. Oh yeah, man. Well, yeah, good and good luck to you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Oh, anytime. Be safe. Yeah. Matt, right. Royal, Matt and I actually remember when um, you did AEW Dark, and remember he, his, his theme music played I Am Money. You and I right. both marked oh, out. Oh, yeah. That's against, awesome. Against that was Billy exciting. Against Billy and Colt and, uh, 
Yeah, the guns. Yeah, that's yep. great. The guns are awesome. That's yeah. great, man. I mean, I it's just I mean, just sometimes injuries happen at the weirdest time. Yeah, you know, that, and that's just that's what it was for me. So now I'm just trying to come back after injury. I've been wrestling, but I like I'm trying to definitely get back to where I was after the injury. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna take that advice. I'm, I'm going everywhere. <laughs> yeah, now. man, absolutely. Heal up, heal well, because you're yeah. gonna want to be able to to work at your best. Yep, yep. You know. And what do you have coming up, Royal? You got any matches people can come out and see? Um, July 8th, I'm at Super Crazy right here in Gloucester City, uh, New Jersey. Um, I'm facing uh, Homeless Vaughn and, oh, my God, I forget the other guy's name, but they're the Skid Row Tag Team Champs, and it's uh, me and uh, Shaheem Ali. We're, oh, we're, we started a new yeah. tag team. We're called Chocolate Royalty. So. Nice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I like I listen, I'm gonna call you guys next Monday and I'm gonna be a tag team chant with my brother. So that's Love already it. like we're going to take those dogs. Like we don't even care what the promoter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woo! Could you imagine Royal coming out and then all of a sudden Glenn the beats Osborne behind him as his manager? Man, I, I would oh, say yeah. oh, that would be fun. That'd, That'd be, be awesome. Completely hey, damaged, we, yeah. Hey, we we op- we open for managers. Oh, there you go. I'll, I'll keep that yeah, in mind. Nice. Ding dong. We need that legend, legend tutelage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, cool. that's some star power, right? Oh, yeah, right. It, oh boy. NBA NBA teams with young talent don't get the championship until they had that veteran come. You know, <laughs> that, that's cool. true. So. That's true. That's a spot. Yeah, just stops and looks yeah, back at well, the curtain and uses his hands, and then the beast comes out. Oh God. Oh man. <laughs> well, I, I'm there for you, Royal. Yeah. If you need any, Thank any. <laughs> Thanks, man. I definitely reach out. I just in this business, I feel like sometimes I reach out to reach out. I don't reach out to people because I feel like I'm a nuisance, and I like that's that's all me. I got to be better at that. Ah, uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Always reach reach out here. We oh, love yeah. having yeah. you all completely damaged. Yeah, that might yeah. be my spot in the wrestling world. I might become a manager. That way, I don't have to get beat up. Right. Yeah. You know? Smile. Maybe a yeah. kick in the face or a punch once in a while, but not beat up all night long. You know, I look pretty good in a button down in the suit. I got my hat game. You know, the necklace out. Maybe I'll put a tie on. You know? Right. Never get the name on the back of my jacket, like Jimmy Hart. Do that old Jimmy Hart thing. Bring it back. That'd be nice. Love it. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks so much for the call, man. Let's get you up here soon, Thank all right? You. I mean, thanks, enjoy the rest of your day. I just thanks for the advice. I just wanted to call and touch bases and touch in and show my love. And thanks for the advice. Oh, sure thing, man. Anytime. All right, man. take care, yeah. pal. All right. You, you too. That's great. Yeah, that's that great. Cool. You remember him too? That you worked with him? Yeah, yeah I do. And I, he was tagging. I don't remember his name. He's a tall, tall young guy with long hair. I don't remember his name. Chad Kensington, probably. Was that who it was? Yep. Yeah, yeah. They Paid were real nice full. guys. Yeah, yeah, real nice guys and um, talented. So you know, all the luck to him. Any advice for the younger generation out there? I would just say, yeah, learn learn it well. Learn your craft well. You know, learn from the bottom up. And don't, you know, learn your basics. Learn how to do the basics. It makes everything credible. And when you want the fans to believe, you have to believe yourself what you're doing. And you, and you get into that headspace where you're like, you know, and then you go out and you do your thing. But uh, – Learn it, learn it well. You know, the, the fancy stuff. When I was started, they actually taught us, you know, some amateur wrestling stuff. And the idea is, and and the old school thing was to weed out guys that were not going to make it or, you know, uh, have big mouths or anything like that. But 
stick with it and learn your craft and and work on the basics and work on on realism and stuff like that because that's people want to see that that's one reason i like that match i talked about earlier with uh, gunther and sheamus was you know those were it was just a big hoss match you right. know just throwing the lumber around and and fans like that and there's a place for the high flying stuff there's always been you know i i uh it's great um the athletics are great so just keep an open mind go to the gym and you know and work and learn how to work properly and, and be safe and listen too right and, li- and oh yeah absolutely i saw i saw one time very quickly i was at a show and larry zabisco was there and there was a young female wrestler and she was talking about something with her match and larry zabisco just said uh you know pardon me i i couldn't help over here but maybe you'd want to try this this might work a little better for your you know for your finish or whatever and the girl goes yeah, I'll take that into consideration. <laughs> and then I was like, like, you know, we were not taught that way. You were quiet and listened. And if you were asked, what do you like to do or what do you do? You know, it's, it's there's very much a pecking order. And yeah, so keep your yap shut and ears open, <laughs> you know, because back then guys would, you know, if you didn't take things seriously, they would straighten you out. You know, there were guys then that would straighten you out quick like uh, Manny Fernandez was one you know and there were some others that if if you were exposing things duel the butcher I probably would assume yeah I mean <laughs> it, they, they wouldn't beat you up but they would put the fear of God into you and sometimes they'd give you a, a good <laughs> stiff shot Manny Fernandez broke my trainer's collarbone one night mm. from what I heard on purpose um, because he he didn't like what my trainer did the night before it was like too comedy or something. So yeah. the next night, mm-hmm. <laughs> gave him the burrito. Yeah. That's what I heard. I always Manny's great. I, he's a great guy. Um, he used to promote shows that we that were great. But um, yeah, so behave yourself. Okay. Learn from the veterans. You know that they're there for a reason. Well, definitely love to have both of you guys back up here. I know there's a lot more you probably have to get off your chest and talk well, about. Yeah, I appreciate being yeah. here, man. Well, and wrap it up. Give us the address yeah. and everything. Where can we come to your shop? Where can we come to the shows? Obviously, 2300 Arena coming up. Everybody knows where that is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, this Friday we'll be at our store, uh, 201 Station Road, Barn 2. We're going to have Samu there from 4 to 6. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook. We're at uh, facebook.com slash Promotion 7 Oh, the Facebook thing? I didn't put the 7. Or you just type in Cage Promotions LLC. We're on Instagram at cage underscore promotions. Our website is cage-promotions.square.site. Uh, we're on uh, TikTok. We're on Twitter at Cage Promotions. And again, we're up there at Quaker Town Farmers Market. You come check us out. We'll be in Philly for Icons uh, this Saturday with Tasha Steeles, former Impact Women's Champion. Earl Hebner, one of the greatest, mm, best-known yeah. referees. I'm actually blessed with what with a piece of his ring gear too from Impact. He he blessed me with a shirt. He would not take nothing for me. He's wow. one of the most humble, wow. greatest guys you'll ever meet. Wow. And then we'll have D'Lo Brown again in Wrestle Bash August 20th. Do I have time for a sneak peek here? Yeah, sure. Um, and then we're working on something for September 16th with bringing the Nation of Domination together. Wow. Rod Simmons, Ooh, Godfather, man. D'Lo Brown, and possibly Mark Henry too. At the moment, this all just. The Mark Henry thing just all happened in the last what, day, and I've been really busy. Be? But this will be in Hamburg, Pennsylvania, at wow. the Legends of Hamburg, September wow, 16th. That's outstanding. And for all you local people, we'll probably be bringing, well, we'll definitely be bringing Ron, 
D'Lo and the Godfather to my store. I just don't know 100% about Mark Henry, but you will have the option to take the photo op with your fist up next to three of the nation members. One of the coolest experiences I could think of at the Legends of Hamburg. We're working on getting the ring so you could take an in-ring photo op. Mm. And, you know, we're going to have the Intercontinental Championship that day, too. So that way you just get right between Ron and D'Lo. Throw that fist up with your IC championship and call yourself The Rock for 30 seconds, and we'll get you a nice photo out there. Love it. So you can check this out. That's back. outstanding. Love it. I think uh, Completely Damaged has come up to your store soon. Very, very soon. I hope so. Yeah. I would love yeah. to. Do, I'd love you guys to come up, maybe do a live radio show. And maybe, you know, I'm, I'm pretty close to dealing with Earl. Maybe I can uh, convince them to come down here and do a little talk with us, too. That would be Say fun. No Say no more. Great yeah. stories. People love it. People love it, man. Outstanding. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming out. Thank this, you. Let's bring you guys back up before the I summer's can't over. It's over already. Yeah, and, so uh, much more. Nah, always a pleasure. What fun. And, oh yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank and, you very much. Yeah. And don't yeah, keep it nice and neat, guys. Keep it completely down. A lot of fun. On com or music and minds. Completely damaged.